verify this as a spoiler report? Sure. Let's okay. Go. Okay. okay. This is Spotlight Report again, and I'm Guo Xiangyu. And I'm Logan Graves. So briefly before we get started, though, we should mention again that Spotlight Report, it's a new podcast, and we are trying to sit down with graduate students and researchers and talk to them about what their work is on, what their results are, and what life yeah. in lab is like. Yeah, so considering we're the grad students in the University of Arizona, we're going to start it with the lab in the College of Optical Sciences. Mm-hmm. We're going to introduce different lab in the college and uh, interview the advisor as well as the students. So we can get a broad view of what each lab are doing as well as what students are doing on their research. research. Right, and we're going to do this series by series. So the series will cover a particular research lab. Today we are going to introduce our first series that we're covering, the LOFT group, and we're going to introduce what this group does, a little bit of its history, and normally we'd be interviewing mm. the advisor of the lab first, but uh, this this time our advisor is a little bit busy, so he's going to give the conclusion podcast. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's get started telling him about LOFT and what we do here. Besides sitting, Besides sitting in lab. <laughs> <laughs> so the loft stand for the large optics fabrication and testing. Definitely, we're gonna talk about how a lens be made, measured, and some mass were special method behind all the processes. Mm-hmm. Maybe not many of our listeners might not be familiar with what large optics stands for. So yeah. we're gonna kind of go into that and just talk about really what goes into making these things. So what is the large optics? I always find it's quite, I don't know, unclear to divide the large optics, small optics, and medium-sized optics. <laughs> yeah, But I guess for here, it's like for the telescope. Right, it's for telescopes, and originally, at, so at the University of Arizona, we have one of the two major uh, places that we, that we manufacture large mirrors and started by manufacturing mirrors that were a meter in diameter mm-hmm. was like push the boundaries for large optics. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently though, some of the mirrors we work on commonly can be around four to five meters mm-hmm. in diameter and at the large end will be around eight meters oh in God. diameter. Wow. Uh, yeah, so they're big. They're really, really big. So we have two places for that. One is a mirror lab and another is for OEFF. It's in the College of Optics building at the yeah. University of Arizona, yeah. And the Mirror Lab is under a football stadium. You know, not only... I like to think that fans go to the stadium to also see mirrors get made. <laughs> it's probably not accurate, but <laughs> anyways. But anyways, you'll have a chance to get into the tour. If you guys are come to Tucson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they give great tours. So for our actual research, though, we're focused on how do you fabricate these mirrors and how mm-hmm. do you test the mirrors. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about how we test them, first of all. Okay, and I'll talk about how people fabricate a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So so I was talking about testing, and mm-hmm. first of all, this is really important because people will pay a lot of money to get optics made, whether large, small, whatever size, mm-hmm. and they tell you, man, I want this mirror. How do you know it's what? Getting that's a big problem. Uh, so originally, testing was almost an art form. In fact, all of optical fabrication really mm-hmm. was this art form, and there were certain ways you could test, but they weren't exactly precise. And then we moved on to more precise methods. Commonly, they're called metrology, and it's the science of how do you measure the surface of material. So for optics, 
The two main methods are interferometry and deflectometry. Like I was saying about interferometry, what we do is we use a pattern of light. We take we take light that we know and uh, we pass it through the optic that we're testing, or okay. we bounce it off the optic that we're testing, and we get light off of that or through it, and we compare this to the original light and. What we can do is we can basically say that the pattern, shape, etc. of the light changed by some amount, and mm -hmm. that must be what the surface of the optic yeah. is. So the mirror in this case, right? Yeah. So basically, you can see the fringes. Right. Right. And if you hear if, if you hear people talk about interferometry, they'll talk about the fringes, and because lights, we can think of light as a wave. We do get these interference fringes, and that's yeah. Interferometry interference. So there's a big drawback to interferometry, and that is that it has a limited dynamic range. So you can only test by changing of like such a curved surface. So it can oh, only okay. change the light so much before it's outside of what you can test. So you no longer get fringes because it's so far away. So what about another one? Right. So because of that, a big part of our research that the lab started a few years ago and that we're still working on is called deflectometry, which is where we take a known pattern and we bounce it off of a mirror and record the image and we can back calculate what the surface of the mirror is. Yeah. And a way to think of this is if I was holding a candle okay. in a room and I had a mirror, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I knew where the mirror was and I know where my eyeball is. And I move the candle until I see it reflected off the mirror. Okay. Then what I can say is, oh, okay, I know I know the point of my eyeball, I know where the candle is, I know where the mirror is. And just from simple geometry, I can tell you what the slope of the mirror is. Wow, okay. So ideally, the pattern can be everything, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're what not is the pattern? Dark, we're not actually in a dark room with a candle. Um, so there's two methods. We do this in the infrared, mm -hmm. um, which is normally we think of infrared for heat, mm -hmm. and that's kind of accurate. What we did is we made an infrared TV screen, and we did this by heating up a tungsten wire. Wow. And we, a wire. Yeah, a wire. And that's really important because it's shaped like a rectangle. And we mm -hmm. scan it across in the X direction and across in the Y direction. And that's only important because they're two orthogonal directions. So what that allows us to do is it gives us a rectangle oh. over which if you recorded a picture of this wire over all time, you would have a, a screen, like a rectangular mm -hmm. screen, right? And this infrared light bounces off of your mirror that you're mm -hmm. testing, and then we use an infrared camera to collect it. Mm -hmm. The other approach, which is a little bit more technologically advanced because okay. it can be, it's invisible, is we use a computer screen and we display mm -hmm. fringes. Mm -hmm. And we're going to sit down with Isaac Trumper in the yeah. next episode and talk to him about using fringes for deflectometry. Yeah, actually our next program we will interview Isaac Trumper and he will give us a specific talk about how it works. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's really interesting. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than the simple geometry that I might have yeah, described. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it will be interesting because he will introduce how to use that in the mobile phone. So really interesting stuff. Before I go on, there are a few other test methods which okay. We don't use so much anymore. It's not as much cutting edge, but we have used in this in the passing oh, okay. lab, which was research. One of those is called the CMM. So it's it's a machine with literally basically like a ball at the end. Yeah. 
and it on an arm and you move it and you touch it to your surface and it records where it was when it yeah. touched the surface. So actually CMM stands for the coordinate measurement machine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is the reason why we correct every positions and you can know how the shape it is. Yeah, uh, it's really tedious. It's really tedious trying to take a mirror and touch every point on the mirror. You're like you're really limited to how how mm-hmm. many points you mm-hmm. can get. Mm-hmm. Um, they advanced this. This was a huge thing actually, though, yeah. at the U of A in the loft group. I think mm-hmm. the loft group did this research. Oh really? It was called swing arm profilometry. Oh really? It's in the loft group. Mm-hmm. I oh think I think so. Oh my god! So take this with a grain of salt. I'll I'll look this up and I'll post um, mm-hmm. or we'll attach it to the podcast uh-huh. a link for where swing arm profilometry. So let's go back. What is uh, swing arm profilometry? It's you basically put this um, touch point on an arm over a mirror, mm-hmm. and then you swing, swing it around while you turn the wow. mirror. So you cover roughly the entire mirror. Oh, that's great. Huh. Yeah, it seems like it's the origin of the profilometer, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it works. Yeah, it works. And then the last thing, mm-hmm. also not, also kind of tedious and not as accurate is that we use something called a laser tracker. It seems like whenever you're gonna do something, tracking point by point or position by position is tedious. Yeah, yeah. right. And that's why deflectometry or interferometry, we can get the whole surface in mm-hmm. one go. So. so now I'm gonna talk about the fabrication. Yeah, basically we have two processes. One is grinding and one is polishing. So for grinding process, basically, you cannot see a reflect image of yourself or anything because it's too rough. So basically, the light is scattered away. And that is the reason why for deflectometry, you have slot first, which are used infrared light. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was the infrared deflectometry. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. So once we finish the grinding, we go to polishing. Actually, I think the only difference between the two processes is like we use different parameters, mm-hmm. but still, we're still like kind of rubbing on the mirror. But there is always a mistake. People think the, um, to making a lens is just mechanical rubbing, which is not true. Actually, there are a lot of chemical process will happen during the process. So it's like a combination. So I, I kind of think of this as this probably isn't super accurate, but I think of like, if I'm going to stain some wood, right? Yeah. I would use sandpaper and I'd start with a rough grit, which would yeah, be like grinding yeah, and I'd true. go down and down and down, but that's yeah. only so much of it. Cause you're saying that gets you pretty smooth, but that yeah. you have to literally have a chemical reaction as well to get it really yeah. smooth. That's true. Okay. So old days for grinding, people just use like the silicon carbon which is a fascinating of scent for scent paper, <laughs> along with soap water stuff. But once we get rid of it, go to the polishing stuff, we'll have more complex compound to use. Mm-hmm. And you have to consider all the process. So what are yeah. some of those compounds? For glass, there are two main compounds we always use for polishing. One is uh, aluminum oxidite, another is uh, serum oxidite. Mm. That is what we always use, and it will give you a really nice surface. You cannot imagine that. Hmm. Yes. So for the fabrication, our group focuses on the computer controlling method on it mm-hmm. because computer really uh, can help men do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Because like Logan mentioned before, for polishing or grinding, at first people do all the stuff by hand, 
and then they realize, okay, we have some smart way on it. We can give a specific pattern on it. Computer help us a lot. Right. Yeah. Also, in our lab, we are not only interested in some flat mirrors or spherical mirror. We have some really interesting shape, a spheric and some even freeform. We can also do that.、Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth mentioning. So people know what a sphere is. An、yeah. A sphere、oh. is just. Obviously, not, not a sphere, sphere.、Uh, and commonly we'll use a parabolic shape.、Mm-hmm. And more commonly, recently, we're using something called off-axis aspheres, where、okay. you take a parabola and then instead of being at the、uh, apex of the parabola,、mm-hmm. you move over a little bit. Okay. And then you use the shape from there. So it's really、wow. weird. There'd be no way for you for someone to look at it and say like, "Yeah, I think we're, I think this is right." You know, if they're yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And you mentioned freeform, and、yeah. that literally means. Any shape. Any shape.、Uh, and it's becoming really popular. So during the fabrication process, definitely we need tool to polish or grind in it. And we basically use two tool. One is a stress lab, and another is silicone. Stress lab is quite easy to think about because it's kind of rigid. So it can easily help you to smooth the area,、mm-hmm. especially you want to form in the shape. So for silicone, you can imagine that it's soft and it can change. So it can making the tool form the shape opposite to the mirror pretty well. If you gonna just do some small areas correction, it's definitely much more better than the stress lab.、Mm-hmm. And this is important because if you think about it, the stress lab is usually a disc. It's circular、yeah. shape,、mm-hmm. and basically it's a rigid flat surface. Or maybe it's curved. But really, what that means is that over that area, you're taking away material in that shape. So. Like、yeah. I was saying, it's a fixed shape,、mm-hmm. and for mirrors, having a freeform shape or、mm-hmm. kind of weird curvatures across them, that doesn't really work because I can only grind in that shape at the resolution of my tool,、yeah. size of my tool. So that's where the silly putty comes in. If I don't want to change the shape, but I want to smooth out the actual、mm-hmm. surface, I use silly putty. That's true. That is because we are doing a fabrication on a really large optics. Yeah. Because for small optics, we're basically just making the tool and feed the shape. Yeah. And yeah. we solve everything. Right. But for right now, you cannot make an eight point four meters tool, right? Right.、Oh, it's super huge. And this is a good point to bring up. So you might be thinking, okay, well, great, you guys are doing this、mm-hmm. research, but who uses it? How? What impact does it have? And it is these big mirrors. When you see images from Hubble,、mm-hmm. or now you'll start seeing images from the James Webb Space Telescope or from observatories, it's from mirrors that were made using this technology and this yeah. research. Yeah, and this really takes time. So, <laughs> so we actually not only do the large optics stuff. We also do some like deformable mural testing、mm-hmm. or freeform mural fabrication、mm-hmm. in a smaller size. I mean, smaller size maybe like like two inches compared right, to the、right. eight meters is much more smaller. Yeah.、Right. So that's really what we do. It is worth mentioning that to tie together fabrication and testing.、Mm-hmm. At least for our group, we're really fortunate because we get to work with the large optics shop, which is in the basement of the optics building at、mm-hmm. the University of Arizona, and we also get to sometimes deploy our research at the、uh, Mir Lab, which makes like the biggest mirrors in the world. And the way this works is the customer will send one of these two shops 
the desired mirror and the shape. And then what happens is a chunk of glass, a giant, giant, <laughs> giant piece of glass is put on a table and it's flat or like slightly curved. Mm-hmm. For the mirror lab, they cook them and spin them so they're roughly curved. And it's not reflective at all. It looks like rough glass. And then we take a measurement. Mm -hmm. We tell them this is what the surface is Mm -hmm. using our research methods. And then we send that map Mm -hmm. of the surface compared to what they want to the fabrication machine. And that's where your work comes in. We then say, okay, well, we should use this this, um, polishing material or grinding material. We should use this tool. And we should put that into the software we made and go this pattern <laughs> right and grind it or whatever in this pattern for this long mm-hmm. for this hard yeah. at a speed a lot yeah, of a lot of yeah, stuff goes into true. it and then we repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat for sometimes yeah. a couple of weeks sometimes a couple of years yeah. to make these mirrors so it seems like fabrication and testing always come together yeah, yeah. right you cannot just fabricating all the time without measure it right you have right. to know what it looks like for maybe just after one run yep. yeah because you may make some mistakes yeah you will yeah you will, yeah, you will. Uh, and you never you don't want to remove too much you can uh, always remove more you can never take stuff yeah uh, add add a mirror back yeah at least not yet and we really want the measurement to be really precise and can make like the dynamic measure definitely. right right yeah. So to give some idea of this, what this research means in real terms, when you combine the testing research with fabrication, the GMT, the Giant Magellan Telescope, is currently being fabricated at the Mir Lab. It's going to be seven 8.4-meter diameter mirrors. If you look, they'll be placed in a hexagonal pattern, mm-hmm. I think. And if you look at this thing, when it's all put together from edge to edge, it's longer than yeah. basketball court. It's oh my huge. god! Basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. You're gonna have to put it put it out in Chile. But the point of it is, we just finished a mirror. Mm-hmm. It's 8.4 meters across, and it's super smooth. And to give you an idea of how smooth, in terms that you can probably relate to a little bit better, if you were to go from one edge of the United States to the other, okay, and you took the difference in height from the tallest mountain to the mm-hmm. to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. it would be less than a hair oh my God. from one edge, of, one edge of the U.S. to the other edge. So that's how far off it is across the surface from this, the shape that they requested. So really accurate stuff, really impressive. So that is our group. Mm-hmm. So that ends our introduction and discussion of what the LOF group is about. And in this series, we're going to cover a number of students from the group. So we're going to start off with Isaac Trumper. And that'll be our next episode. And Isaac's work is on instantaneous phase shifting deflectometry. It's amazing how easily it rolls off the top. <laughs> yeah. And but what that means is he's using that visible deflectometry on his cell phone to instantly measure surface. It's really, really crazy stuff. So next time we're gonna interview Logan, one of our <laughs> hosts. And he will talk about the slot which he mentioned during this talk, which is the infrared light deflectometry stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we also will be interviewing Maham Aftab, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whose work covers using orthogonal 
polynomials to reconstruct surfaces. And we really are going to get into the math. It's some really yeah, impressive, really be, complicated stuff. Like, talking about math, people will get, oh my god, it's difficult. But she will be different. She yeah. will be different. <laughs> she is always different. <laughs> so... We'll also interview Hiju. He is a postdoc in our group, so he got a lots of research stuff to talk about. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we're going to speak to our other host, Zhang Yu, uh, about her research on uh, fabrication and polishing. So, so in that time, you want to know how we made a lens. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited for that one because I do not know anywhere near enough about how how we actually make these things. So. Okay. Maybe sometime I'll make, make you a pair of glass. Just kidding. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Definitely for the conclusion, we will interview David, our advisor, and he will give us a more specific conclusion of what we're doing right now and what is interesting in our group and uh, what is new, what we always focus on. Mm-hmm. So I think that that ends it for our intro podcast. This yeah. is our this is our first podcast. Yeah. Uh, Hope you like it. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and really stay tuned for the first of our series. The interview with Isaac is really interesting, and he's he's doing really impressive stuff. So you can always find updates on our Facebook. Yeah, which is SPL Report. And if you have any suggestions. Please email us at thespotlightreport at gmail.com. We're always looking forward to suggestions, advice, or even criticisms. Yeah, we're used to it, right? We, we submit papers, so we're good yeah. at receiving criticism, hopefully. I think that does it, so thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.